Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Gospel Forum podcast. We are a collective of Reformation-minded Christians, and we exist to help the local church think biblically about very important topics and issues. So thank you for joining us. Uh, Make sure you visit us on our website, thegospelforum.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to us on to our podcast on your favorite podcast app or visit us on YouTube at the Gospel Forum YouTube page. Well, great. My name is Dan Sardinas, and so good to be back with you again here today. We're joined again by Sean Otto. And here's a... Was, was, no, no, good to be here. I'm good getting to be ready here. to go on sabbatical soon, so it's good to be here today. I know. I so. said that last episode, I, well, but we, we I, I jumped to, the gun one more time. One more time. I get one more to time. Yeah. On sabbatical. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, also, we're joined today by a new face, a new good friend of ours that we've met uh, in the recent year, and his name is? Yes. His, my name is Alan Quinones. It's nice to, nice to be here today. Awesome. Alan, thanks so much for, for coming. And we're all enjoying some good coffee. Uh, well, some of us are. I've got my Founders Ministries mug. Visit founders on founders.org. Let's see. And uh, well, you've got. I was evangelizing at Racetrack. Oh, so, you know, okay. winning lost wow. souls to okay. the Lord. Yeah. All right. And what, 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 is, what are you doing? Yeah, so, about? so um, mine is Grace to You. Grace yeah. to You. Yes. All right. Yeah. Good. The Ministry of John MacArthur. That's Very right. Good. Awesome. So we're all representing well here. Okay, good. Well, Alan, uh, since this is the first time that we have you on the podcast, why don't you uh, maybe introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about uh, your ministry and kind of where, where have you been? Where, where, where are you now? Yeah, so I, um, I graduated from the Master's Seminary in uh, May of 2021, last year. And uh, by July of last year, I was here in Bradenton. I became the teaching pastor of Grace Fellowship Church downtown. And uh, it's been almost a year. It's been quite, quite the adventure. We've, we've enjoyed being here and preaching the Word of God. I started uh, preaching through the Gospel of John the first Sunday that I, that I got here. And we are now on chapter 7, so we're taking our time, but right. uh, we're, we're plowing through and, and having a wonderful time together. So it's definitely been a blessing uh, to, to be here in Bradenton doing God's work and, uh, and getting to, to meet you guys and, and finding some like-minded pastors who, who love the Reformation, love the sovereignty of God, love the, the, the teachings of Scripture, and uh, we, can, we have that in common, and we can, we can get together and... and uh, and preach the word. That's great, brother. Tell, tell us a little bit about your family. Yeah, so I, I'm a native of Dominican Republic, and I uh, grew up in Miami, Florida. Mm-hmm. And uh, after that, I, I lived for some years in Missouri, where I met my wife. She's from, from, from Missouri. And, uh, and then we, we moved over to, to uh, California for seminary. That's, yeah. that's, uh, that's about it. I, I have my family uh, on father's side. Most of them live in uh, around the Miami area, mm-hmm. and uh, mother's side, some in New York, some in Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. Neat. You That's ever get great. back to the Dominican? You, you know, I have not been back mm. since I was thirteen years old. Wow. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. I don't know why. Yeah. Providentially, it just yeah. ha- has not happened. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, welcome, oh, brother. Yeah, Thanks. Welcome. Great good to good have day. you. Yep. Yeah, I've just been so encouraged. Um, by the pastors that God is bringing to our area and uh, the connections that we've made recently. And that's really what the Gospel Forum is all about. Um, You know, we want to see Reformation happen here locally, Bradenton, Sarasota area. Um, I've been here in Bradenton for nine years now, and 
when I first moved here, I didn't know of any other kind of reformed-minded pastors or even pastors who really preach expository sermons. Um, so I've encountered a few more since then, and uh, many of them you have are become familiar with here, and they're part of our podcast. And that's what we are. We're a collective of like-minded pastors in the area that want to see health and reformation in the local church when it comes to ecclesiology and preaching and um and and holiness and 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 living the Christian life. So um, we we're here to help you, and so we we can't thank you enough for watching and listening. And hopefully, the Lord will bring us more pastors to be a part of our collective as well as uh, we help this area and, and beyond. Are we have listeners all around the United States and uh, even the world? I'm surprised when really? I look at my stats. Oh, nice. I'm like. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They listened there. Uh, it could be a bot. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, all right. Well, guys, let's uh, move to our main topic of the day. And today we're going to be talking about one of the latest unfortunate fads of uh, evangelical life. And this is the whole topic of deconstruction. Um, there's a whole movement now uh, referred to as the ex-evangelicals. And they are people who associated formally uh, as evangelicals um, or grew up in a biblical church or whatever, and they feel the need to deconstruct their faith. And this is a tragedy. It really is, and it's saddening uh, to see people um, walk away from Christ. Now, we're going to have a conversation about what that means and uh, how does that even happen and were these people even believers to begin with? And let's really have a conversation about that. But let's just get some opening thoughts maybe on this topic um, of deconstruction. What's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of this issue? Well, I guess one of the th- deconstruction is a word. The other word that often comes to mind is dismantling. Mm-hmm. And so that could be the dismantling of something that was bad and should have been dismantled. Um, but in our context, often we're talking about an ending point where someone is dismantling their supposed faith or mm-hmm. the Christian faith. And so um, it's, a, it's a philosophy of thought. Uh, it's not new, um, but it uh, certainly has been a lot more prominent uh, in today's uh, world. Mm-hmm. I also think it's interesting that uh, we're not talking about a uh, wholesale abandonment, as at least in terms of how they would like to think of it, but a deconstruction. The assumption there is that they want to keep some of the materials that they've de- deconstructed and presumably build something else. Yeah. Correct. Right. Yeah, and that's what's happening. Um, now, there is so much technical stuff that we could say about this. So this is what I want to do at this point, because we don't have time, probably, or nor the expertise to dive into this. But there's two brothers that are faithful, and we want you to actually subscribe to their podcast, and that is the Just Thinking Podcast with Daryl Harrison and Virgil Walker. Mm -hmm. These two men are faithful men of God. They have a three- hour-long episode it's, on it's deconstruction. Good. It's really good. And uh, I listened to uh, about an hour, hour and a half of it, and it is very, very good. So we encourage you to also check them out. They go much deeper into the issue, um, and uh, I'm going to uh, encourage you to listen to them. Um, one of them has a, I think it's Daryl Harrison, has a, a, a article on the G3 uh, network Uh, blog as well about deconstruction. So make sure you check them out as well. 
So let's just let's just get to um, a ba- maybe a definition of what deconstruction is, and the just thinking guys go into this, but this actually is a philosophy that was inve- uh, invented or created by a guy named Jacques Derrida, um, and according to Encyclopedia Britannica, uh, they define deconstruction as a theory used in the study of literature or philosophy, which says that a piece of writing does not just have one meaning and that the meaning depends on the reader. Do you see some troubling (laughs) phrases in that definition as far as how would we as as biblical Christians approach that definition and what are red flags? Well, of course, anytime an author writes, if it's us or the Bible writers or whoever, the author always has an intent, and, and there's a, a, a truth that he or she is trying to communicate. And so if we take this philosophy and say, well, it doesn't depend on the author, it depends on the reader, we've suddenly moved from an objective mm-hmm. approach to that text, whatever it is, and it's now subjective, mm-hmm. which means... At the end of the day, I can kind of make it mean whatever I want it to mean based on the lens in which I'm viewing it or the experience that I'm bringing to it or whatever that might look like. Mm -hmm. So uh, you end up with relative truth or the ability to discard what you don't think the author meant to begin with. Mm. Yeah. And really, this is an old lie, isn't it, Alan? It is, yeah. From the beginning, uh, the evil one, Satan, has been using this tactic to... Bring doubt mm-hmm. upon what God has said. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you want to speak to that? Sure. Uh, I, I, as I see it, this is a follow-up to the modernist uh, idea that um, when you read critical scholarship, what you'll find is uh, the, the critical scholars coming to the text and saying, well, Paul didn't write this. This uh, word was inserted. And so they came around and denied the, in, the inerrancy of Scripture and the authority of Scripture you know, uh, as a consequence to that. Uh, but that battle seems to have been sort of abandoned in many ways mm-hmm. because they've they've lost. So uh, Satan's going to try to use a different method, uh, which is the postmodern approach. Mm-hmm. Rather than uh, saying the Bible is not inerrant, uh, what we'll say is, 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 what does it mean to me? Mm-hmm. Right? And I'm sure that that meaning, whatever it means to me, sure, I'll take that as God's word. That'll be right. inerrant. The problem with that is the person who's saying, what is it meaning to me, may not come to an accurate uh, interpretation of what the author meant, and so then they become the authority. Mm -hmm. And so today we have scores of people who are questioning, uh, for example, marriage and Mm -hmm. uh, gender Mm -hmm. and um, uh, homosexuality, Mm -hmm. and even making some excuses. Well, Paul said that about homosexuality. Uh, But Jesus never once mentioned Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to trust Jesus rather than Paul. Mm -hmm. As if if what Paul wrote under inspiration of the Holy Spirit is not um, on equal footing as what Luke recorded or Matthew recorded or John recorded Mm -hmm. as to what Jesus said. Uh, It comes from the same author, the Holy Spirit, um, inspired those men to to speak Scripture um, as He intended through them, using their experiences and all that. But He, that is the authority. But people are saying, well, you know, there's holes there, and or maybe that book really wasn't written by Luke or John or Paul, and 
What that is what just doubt, and so if we could prove that that is not authoritative, then I don't have to obey it. Right, mm-hmm. right. And really, it's did God really say? Right. Mm-hmm. Did God right. really say that? Sure. And so if if that God didn't say that, then I could take that part out, and that's good with me because I didn't like that to begin with. Sure. And maybe even to piggyback off of that, you kind of hear some arguments today, maybe from a postmodern perspective of, yeah, I mean, Paul actually did say that, but you know, we know more today, and based on Correct. the experience that we've had today, we can see that Paul was just pointing to a trajectory, that that's not an absolute truth. That's just for that day, but it's different now. And so you can see all of these Mm -hmm. arguments playing out as we look at it today. Yeah. I think when we have to understand who it is that is deconstructing, right, I think the most obvious answer is that some of these people have never been born again to begin with, right? So the fruit of their um, unregenerate state is being shown. Mm-hmm. And so they they were never saved to begin with, and so how can you deconstruct something that was never constructed? Mm-hmm. And so for them, they're just acting out according to the sinful nature they already have, their, 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 their nature they were born with, and cannot understand spiritual things and is, is attacking it from that perspective. Mm-hmm. I think also we have people, and there could be several of you who are listening to this episode, and, and, and we want to be an encouragement to you today that perhaps you're going down this road, um, and maybe you're just very confused. Some things have happened to you. Maybe you have legitimately been hurt by a pastor or a church leader, um, whether it's a series of abuse, or maybe there's a, a trust issue that has encountered that you've encountered there, and you're trying to separate yourself from that memory and so you're trying and you're saying hey if that's what christianity is about i don't want to have anything to do with that and so i'm deconstructing my faith because that is too painful for me to relive when i think about that what would you say about those who are maybe like that uh and deconstructing they're they're really deconstructing a culture they were raised in um maybe it was a legalistic culture or an abusive culture or whatever what, what what encouragement would you give to those who, who, who are in that position today? Well, if I can comment real quickly yeah. on, the, on the unregenerate okay. person, um, because that was the first category that yeah. you mentioned. So the unregenerate person, um, often their God is uh, themselves, right? So their autonomy is the number one uh, priority in their lives. And so to have any... Uh, pastor or the Word of God to present itself as an authority uh, is automatically challenged because as a self-autonomous person, I don't want anyone telling me what to do. Okay, so I am going to challenge that authority, and so to deconstruct may mean to reject biblical authority, reject inerrancy, Mm -hmm. uh, those sorts of things. Uh, to your second point, and I think Alan is going to add a little bit to this uh, in, a, in a moment, but uh, to your second point, uh, a person who has grown up with uh, an abusive uh, church leader or an abusive church environment or even a legalistic church environment may actually be deconstructing something that is not biblical to begin with. Right. Um, so they may rightly 
be trying to discern what has happened to them or the environment they're in and saying, I don't want that. And we might be coming along saying, you're right. You don't want that because that's not actually the gospel. That's not actually what the Bible teaches. And so let us help you understand what grace looks like, what uh, Christian freedom looks like, and those sorts of things. So that would be my first starting point. And so it it means asking a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. What is it that you're trying to move away from or Mm -hmm. that memory that you're trying to disassociate from? Right. Mm. Yeah, and but and 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 just to to bring that diagnosis sort of process together, uh, we would point back to what does the New Testament um, define faith as? What is the Christian faith? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, the older th- theologians used to like to 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 speak of this in in three sort of broad ca- categories. You had uh, notitia, that you had ascensus, and then you had fiducia. And uh, uh, the the notitia part, the step one to a New Testament kind of faith, is the sort of educational process. Here is the information that you need to be- believe and accept and embrace in order to be saved. And uh, the New Testament makes it clear, the Lord Jesus does, and all the apostles uh, after him, that it is uh, through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and his uh, work at Calvary, his, uh, his shed blood on behalf of sinners. Uh, that is what brings uh, salvation, right? Uh, substitutionary atonement. Uh, the, the, the righteous dies in the place of the unrighteous. Mm-hmm. So uh, that is the, the notitia part, right? When I come to you and I tell you, if you look upon the Lord Jesus Christ, if you call upon him, if you confess him as Lord, you will be saved. Uh, that's the notice. And then fo- following that is the ascensus part. When you say, Yes, that is true. Jesus Christ is the one whom God has sent. He is the Messiah. He is um, the promised one of the Old Testament, uh, so forth and so on. When you you accept that. Now, uh, let's say that uh, uh, someone is deconstructing and we want to uh, understand what the problem is. Well, we have to go back to whether they were educated rightly in the first place. Um, were they taught that um, the gospel was God wants to fulfill your 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 purpose? Mm-hmm. Uh, God wants to make you happy. If you're deconstructing from that, then uh, you're not deconstructing from New Testament Christianity. Right. You're deconstructing from a false gospel. Right. Right. Amen. So let's say that uh, let's say that that's happening. Now on the flip side, let's say that you actually understand the cl- the claims of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you're deconstructing from that. Then then what happened was that at one point you heard the gospel, then you assented to its truths, but you uh, failed to make the last step, which is uh, the fiducia, the the entrusting yourself upon the Lord Jesus Christ as uh, a savior and people us- usually use the analogy of, of a parachute right if i'm in an airplane the airplane's about to fall down and uh, i point to that parachute and i say that thing will save my life mm. okay well that's that's the notation that's the ascensus but where do you have the fiducia you have the fiducia when you actually put it on and jump out right right trust. Yeah. the trust part and so uh, then, if then uh, we would consider an apostate, someone who never got to uh, that point of entrusting 
himself to the Lord Jesus Christ. And and one of one of the passages that we can point to is uh, in Hebrews chapter 6, where uh, the apostle, and I'm going to read that, he says, in the case of those who have once been enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and have been, mar- have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted of the good word of the of the word of god and the powers of the age to come and then have fallen away it is impossible to renew them again to repentance since they again crucify to themselves the son of god and put him to open shame in other words uh there are those who are deconstructing who have no way of coming back right there is no return so this is a dangerous path it is very dangerous path yeah, wow. Uh, it, it points you back to the, um, the character in the Pilgrim's Progress who is sitting inside of a jail cell, and he says, there is no repentance for me. I can't go back mm. uh, because I've already crucified the Lord Jesus Christ again. Mm. There's no repentance from yeah. this. Uh, but if you notice, in, in that passage in Hebrews 6, there is no talk about being made a new creation. Right. None of that. Right. It's all being enlightened, right? Receiving the information, just tasting, not swallowing, but right. tasting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, then, and then being partakers of the Holy Spirit, which is being part of the covenant community, mm-hmm. uh, the people of God, and mm-hmm. seeing what is happening. These people in, in the, the Hebrew Christians saw some signs, and, mm-hmm. and, they, and they saw the powers of the age to come. Yeah. And uh, they, were, uh, they were deconstructing from the real thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were Judas's, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Who is the ultimate recon- deconstructor? The ultimate deconstructor, yeah. <laughs> ultimate. right? Right. One who walked with the Lord Jesus, mm-hmm. heard him teach, right? Walked away, mm-hmm. forsook Christ for thirty pieces of silver. Yeah. A month, what? A month worth of wages, mm-hmm. essentially. At uh, a silver, a piece a day. Un- unbelievable. What? What? What are there? Some. I. I, I love what you said there because. We have to examine who these people are. What are they saying they're deconstructing from? Because it's hard to nail this down to just one type of person. Mm -hmm. There are all kinds of people. There could be people who are legitimately hurt and confusing that with biblical Christianity. There are people who were never Christians to begin with or had a false gospel. But what does that say about our doctrine of conversion? What does that say about where the church stands today about how we recognize those who have come to faith in Christ, you know, um, this, the, the revivalism of the last 200 years or so has infiltrated our thinking as walk an aisle, say a prayer, you're going to heaven, you know, with no fruit of repentance bearing fruit in their life, you know, no, um, accountability in a local church to see if they're truly walking with Christ. Um, what, 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 what does that say about pastors and churches' role in this, that we are setting people up? We always hear about, hey, when, when, a, when, a, when a student turns 18, there's like a huge percentage, I forget the percentage, of kids that don't go back to church after they leave mom and dad's house. Mm-hmm. What, what does that say about what we're doing in our churches and the preaching and the teaching and, and the gospel substance that we're giving? Mm-hmm. I, I, think it's a, I think it's an indictment. Mm-hmm. Also, it's very quick to put point the finger at those who are deconstructing, but it's an epidemic that I think begins in the pulpit mm-hmm. for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I mean? For the failure to call people sure. to repent truly right. and give them this false hope of salvation. And then when they, years later, realize, I don't want anything to do with that. Mm-hmm. That's just a phase I went through. Sure. And, and we can point our finger to different things, but over the last you know, 20, 30 years, uh, with this emphasis on church growth and, and getting people into the church, felt needs, making sure people are hearing what they need, that seeker-sensitive uh, mm-hmm. sermons and the pulpit has just become very shallow um, to yeah. the point where uh, the gospel is not being taught and preached. And so uh, it gives way then to easy believism. I mean, mm-hmm. a person comes in, like you said, they walk the aisle, they check all the boxes, maybe they show up at church, mm-hmm. give a little on the tithe, whatever, and we welcome them in and reassure them that they are brother and sister in Christ. But we haven't taken the time, as Alan pointed out, to hear the evidence of the actual trust in. Mm-hmm. How has your life changed yeah. as a result of hearing the gospel? How is it different? What What are the evidences of that now? And, and that takes... That takes work. It takes a, a hard work in preaching and teaching. It takes hard work mm-hmm. in, in interviewing people and finding out yeah. where they are in their faith. Um, and, and so in some ways, uh, some people accuse, well, you're, you're guarding the front door. Well, uh, it, it, we are. Yeah. We want to make sure that people are genuinely mm-hmm. converted so that we don't face this deconstruction of something uh, later on. And so it's important. Uh, I think we were talking earlier about the preaching ministries of our churches and taking the time to explain what faith is, what is Mm -hmm. repentance, calling people to that, calling people to identify the idols in their lives that they need to uh, repent of and and turn to Christ in faith. And so um, I I think as a, a body of pastors, we have a lot of um, responsibility and ownership that we need to take, perhaps, uh, of this uh, epidemic that, that we see. Yeah, there is no greater faithful pastor than Jesus, mm-hmm. right? Right. And here we see Jesus, one of the 12. Of course, it was prophesied that he would do that. It was, mm-hmm. you know, um, so it, it wasn't a surprise. But I, I think, you know, a pastor could be very faithful, Mm-hmm. And have people in their, yeah. in their in his church do this, sure. and and walk away. Uh, that's where we just entrust ourselves to the sovereignty of God. Mm-hmm. Lord, keep me faithful. Lord, help me preach the truth. Help me to point them to Christ. But realize that that the elect are the elect, mm-hmm. um, and that will be seen in time. Mm-hmm. Even people who make a profession today but walk away tomorrow, well. All fruit shows itself in time, mm-hmm. right. you know? And let us not forget one of the most troubling passages, I think, of all the New Testament, or the most sobering, is Jesus said, in that day, there will be people who come to me and say, Lord, Lord. Right. Mm-hmm. And he says, depart from me, I, I never, never knew you. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is something that should weigh heavy on our hearts. Um, but besides Judas, there's also, I think, other biblical examples of deconstructing or walking away or apostatizing that we could point to in the scriptures. Um, Paul mentions Demas in 2 Timothy chapter 4. For Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me. Mm-hmm. You know, he says, well, he doesn't give many more details, but the indictment there is he loved this present world. There's something in this world that drew his attention away from Christ to not walk with Christ anymore. Um, did he deconstruct? Did he whatever? I don't know. Uh, of course, uh, another famous example is in First Timothy chapter one. Paul mentions Hymenaeus and Alexander, men these men in the early church at Ephesus, and he says that they suffered shipwreck. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. with regard to their faith. So here are men who, who made a profession of their faith, were baptized, and later on made a shipwreck of their faith. Mm -hmm. Wow, so dangerous. And Hymenaeus is actually mentioned later in 2 Timothy chapter 2, and we see a little bit of Hymenaeus's error there because he's mentioned there with another false teacher, um, Philetus, Paul mentions him there in 2 Timothy chapter 2, 17. And so there you can see false teaching being a part of Hymenaeus's problem. He's been infiltrated by false doctrine. And, and that has proved to make a shipwreck of his faith. Um, and in the context of that passage, it's just obvious. Paul says in 2 Timothy 2.15, do your best to present yourself. Of course, he's talking to Timothy as a preacher. To present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who needs no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Mm. Right doctrine, correct preaching is always going to be a cure mm -hmm. for walking away uh, falsely after other things. So mm -hmm. if you're not in a Bible-preaching church, a church that teaches sound doctrine, leave and find yourself one that does. Um, your, your soul, your walk with Christ depends upon it. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I, think, I think, guys, many pastors will be held to account mm -hmm. um, for leading many astray mm -hmm. in their churches. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So... Uh, we could, I mean, it's really not important, but whenever someone important walks away, so-called important, mm. um, it gets a lot of attention. Sure. And, of course, the media jumps on it. And recently, in the last couple of years, there's been three big examples in evangelical circles. Uh, Kevin Max of DC Talk fame. Um, th that wasn't too surprising to me, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, one that did shock a lot of people, of course, we don't know what's going on in people's lives or behind the scenes, but Josh Harris uh, was uh, a rising evangelical reform superstar, if you want to mm -hmm. say, speaking at all the big conferences. And, of course, he wrote the book, I Kiss Dating Goodbye, yep. and mm -hmm. he made an announcement a couple of years ago on Instagram that he was, uh, him and his wife were separating, and, but not only that, he was, he was, he was not a Christian. Mm -hmm. And uh, was and then at the same time said he was he apologized to the gay community for you know calling homosexuality sin. I mean, wow, yeah. what a bombshell! Mm -hmm. See, the fruit of this always manifests itself. And then of course Derek Webb of Cadence Call, another evangelical darling of the contemporary Christian world, uh, also did the same thing. So we have biblical examples. We have. Uh, modern examples. This is a very real problem, mm -hmm. and um, and we just want to encourage you to to talk to somebody that is sound. Um, get in a Bible preaching church. Make sure that what you're deconstructing, like Alan said, is uh, false. And, and there's some things that Christians need to repent from. Mm -hmm. We don't need to deconstruct. We don't need to doubt God. We need to we need to repent from false ideologies and myths and, and babbling and all that other stuff. But run to Christ, mm -hmm. repent, trust Him, have God's word as your authority. There's no reason to doubt God's word. That is a ploy from Satan. Mm -hmm. so. 
Right. And, you know, even as you mentioned some of these uh, modern examples of people who walked away, it just makes me appreciate that much more uh, pastors who have been faithful for decades. And uh, um, and so if, if you're wondering, who can I trust? I mean, I trusted some of these guys, and now they're walking away. Who can I trust? Uh, reach out, uh, and, and we'll try to point you some, to some directions. But as you rightly pointed out, the Bible is ultimately uh, your authority. Uh, so be in there. Make sure you're spending time yeah. uh, with the Lord uh, in mm-hmm. His Word. What are some warning signs of deconstruction? I just want to read these five things that uh, the Just Thinking Podcast guys mentioned on their episode, and also uh, Daryl Harrison uh, wrote about on his article. He said, Here, here's some warning signs, and, and perhaps you find yourself along these this path. So listen up. Uh, number one, a person will embrace the idea that the church is a socially constructed system, not an entity that originated in the mind of God and is sovereignly ordained by him. So we don't need the church. Mm-hmm. So those who are deconstructing, mm-hmm. just give up on, some of them just mm-hmm. give up on church because they see it as the problem. Uh, this person will assume that all self-identified socially constructed systems are exclusive to specific intersectional identities. Uh LGBTQIA+, etc., um, and that goes along with critical race theory. All this has foundations in Marxism, cultural Marxism. Next, they will subjectively identify points or cracks in that socially constructed system that fails and needs to be fixed or reconstructed. Then they will apply a hermeneutic of suspicion uh, that to that socially constructed system so that everyone connected to it is deemed untrustworthy by default. And finally, they will deconstruct that system. That is usually followed by reconstructing that system into one's own image and likeness with a heterodox theology, soteriology, anthropology, eschatology. That last point is so important. Reconstructing that into our own image mm-hmm. and likeness. What is that? But idolatry. Mm-hmm. A God that you have fashioned by your own hands and ideas. This is who, this is the God that I want to worship. This is, the how, this is the kind of God that I like. And isn't it ironic that that God thinks exactly like I do? Because you are that God. That's <laughs> right. right. So sad. Well, any concluding thoughts? Anything else you wanted to mention? I, well, one one solution I, that I believe uh, needs to we all need to pay attention to is uh, we need to emphasize the doctrine of the new birth. Mm. Uh, you need to be born again. Unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And uh, pastors need to preach that, and they need to um, ask their people, "Have you been born again?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because if you have been born again, you will not deconstruct. Right. Mm-hmm. You're safe. You're a new creature. You have new, new. If uh, every every New Testament instance of people leaving the faith, the problem was always the affections. Demas loved this present world, yeah. right? The problem is always what do you love? Mm. And if you if your will is inclined to God and Jesus Christ, uh, there is nowhere that you can go but Him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Amen. Very good. Good word, That's brother. Great. Good. Well, good. Well, let's also point you to uh, our own Josh Sherrill, part of the Gospel Forum podcast, wrote an article that's on our blog this week um, when this episode comes out. 
And uh, that is also something we want to reference and make sure you check it out. The article is entitled Dismantling Faith, a Discussion on Deconstructionism. Also, again, let me point out, uh, subscribe to the Just Thinking podcast and listen to their three-hour episode. It'll be worth every minute of your time, <laughs> and those guys are fun to listen to anyway. Um, uh, so make sure you check that out. Good. Well, this has been another episode of the Gospel Forum podcast. Until next time, keep Keep on on reforming. reforming.